Welcome to The Thriving Christian Artist, the podcast where we hope you connect with God to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live as an artist in His kingdom. I'm Matt Tama, your host. Let's get started. Well, hey there. I'm so glad that you're on the podcast with me today. I've got a great interview with a new friend of mine, Connie Spurlock Walcott, who is Man, you talk about a story of healing and wholeness. My goodness. It's uh, it's not every day that you get to talk to somebody who's walked through the level of difficulty and abuse that she went through in her life um, as a creative person and yet um, has come out on the other side really victorious and walking uh, in the fullness of what God's called her to. It's just a really, really inspiring story. And so I know you're going to love uh hearing from Connie and just uh, being able to follow up with her on her website and that sort of thing. Of course, all that's in the show notes. And so you can, um, you can do that as you need. Plus at the end, I give you some, uh, some resources for your own uh, healing. If you're looking for, uh, after listening to this episode of the podcast, uh, to take some additional steps uh, that, that may benefit you uh, as you're, you know, walking on your own journey to thriving and becoming the person that God's called you to be. Lots of us, have issues uh, that we need help with that we, uh, you know, may have tried to deal with ourselves, but we just can't seem to get freedom. And uh, man, I've got some great resources for you. Again, they're down in the show notes. And so you can pick those up uh, when it's the right time. Well, hey, listen, I want to give a shout out before we get into uh, Connie's interview to one of my podcast listeners. Of course, I love you guys and I'm always so humbled when I see uh, you know, reviews and that kind of thing on, on iTunes or wherever it may be that you're listening uh, to the podcast. Today's, uh, you know, little review and uh, comment is from Sis Younger, all right, is uh, what it says. And the title is Great Content. I always enjoy the variety of people that I hear on this podcast. They touch in so many, uh, into so many different spectrums and issues that artists encounter. I haven't heard one yet that I didn't get something out of. Well, sis, thank you so much. It's, you know, we try to pick people and stories that will really inspire that are interesting to me, but also inspiring to you guys. And and that just is a confirmation of that. So thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, if you're listening to the podcast, you're a regular listener and you've not taken the time yet to subscribe and review the podcast, wherever it is that you listen to, uh, please take the opportunity to do that right now. Just hit pause and uh, go find the place. Um, usually on iTunes, it's just all the way down at the bottom underneath the episodes. You can just click down there and hit on uh, write a review and you can do it. And who knows? Maybe you'll be uh, one of the reviews that I read on an upcoming podcast. I also wanted to let you know, uh, as we're getting ready to, to get started with Connie's interview, that uh, today's podcast is sponsored by our Thriving Christian Artist Conference. This is the first one that we're doing uh, like this. You know, we've been doing Gathering of Artisans for years uh, now that's uh, really focused on art workshops, but we've never done a conference specifically focused on your heart and mind uh, and developing your business as an artist. And that's what uh, this conference is going to be all about. If you're somebody that's looking for the practical steps to be able to to grow your art business, to start your own art business or ministry, uh, to begin to understand how your heart and mind, your mindset really affect uh, your ability to step into all that God's got for you, you're going to love being a part of the Thriving Christian Artist Conference. 
Now, listen, uh, this is not a marketing ploy. I tell people this all the time, but this is for real. Every time we do a conference, all right, of any kind, they fill up like super duper quick. I'm talking like within a day or two. And so the way we've done this now is uh, we've started doing pre-registration. And so I want to encourage you, click the link that's in the show notes, pre-register for the Thriving Christian Artists Conference, which is uh, the first weekend in March uh, 2020 outside of Asheville, North Carolina at the Ridgecrest Conference Center. Once you do that, that's going to get you on the list to get a $100 discount for the conference and also give you the opportunity to register before we open to the public. Now, listen, it's very likely that this conference will sell out before we have a chance to uh, open it to the public just from the people that are pre-registered. So, listen, do that when you when you uh, click pre-register. What's going to happen is we'll send you an email with all the details about the conference. And um, then you can begin to make plans to register uh, when we open that to, to pre-registers only toward the end of October. All right. Listen, you do not want to miss this. I've invited some of my uh, best friends in ministry, uh, some of the most incredible speakers that I know in the areas of marketing, healing and wholeness, uh, and every different issue that you can imagine in how to really grow your art business and yourself as an artist into the thriving artist that you know God's created you to be. It's going to be a great weekend, and I don't want you to miss it. So artists will be there from all over the world. So don't be thinking, Matt, that's in in North Carolina. I live in Texas. That's too far. Are you kidding me? (laughs) People will be coming from Canada, from Europe, from Australia probably. So you need to make plans to be there. Uh, You do not want to miss this uh, inaugural version of the Thriving Christian Artist Conference. So I'm going to get out of the way, uh, let you get on to listening to Connie's interview. And again, be sure to stick around at the end so you can get those resources if you need it uh, to continue your journey of healing and wholeness uh, as you become the artist that God's called you to be. All right, here's Connie's interview. Well, hey, everybody, I'm so glad that you're with me on the podcast today. I've got my friend Connie Spurlock Walcott with me. Connie, I'm so glad that you're here with me today on the podcast. Oh, thank you, madam. I'm so excited to be here, and thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I've I got to know you a, a little bit just on social media. We were kind of trading posts back and forth, and seeing a little bit of your story, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this <laughs> is so incredible! Just as this incredible story of transformation and of creativity." And I I wanted to share that with my podcast listeners so they can just know the power of God for. In, yes. in transformation and in, in all of our lives. So take just a minute, Connie, and let everybody know kind of who you are, where you're from, and, and then and what you do creatively. And then okay. we'll jump into uh, some of your backstory. Okay. All right. Thanks. Um, I'm, I'm a grandmother. <laughs> I have two beautiful grandchildren, an eight and two, and a third one on the way. I live in Arizona. Um, I, my first Art was uh, sewing as a child. I was making all my own clothes in school and um, teaching Sunday school. My art as a Sunday school teacher, you know, the back in the day when it was poster board, we didn't have social media and all that. (laughs) So um, it's, (laughs) I just learned, um, I learned pottery along the way. Um, I just explored. I didn't realize that I was artistic. Uh, I was just doing, I was just finding my way. but I, I've, 
through the process of my mental health breakdown, I was introduced to art therapy mm. and my art, all of my art and craft has taken on that context. Wow. It has become the vehicle of my recovery. Um, I discovered in uh, hospitalizations that the first class you attend each day is art. Wow. <laughs> and the question it. is, what do you do for rest, uh, for recreation and rest and how do you express yourself? I was shocked. I had no idea. Wow. So the, the, the process of watching myself create and reading my own story and looking, looking into that, it took me to the next step. It's like, it gave me compassion for myself. It gave me understanding of myself. And so it's just been a continual walking out of that. Yeah. And now what it is becoming is the, the workshops and the teaching. I learned about the ACEs, uh, that's Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. So everything that I do now is related to God's word to me and how he spoke to me and overcame all of wow. those life challenges through his word, through the renewing of my mind. And as you were <laughs> talking about, you know, you see, and then we, we say yes. And then we, then we uh, create that, what God is speaking to that's us. That right. was like, yes, that's exactly what I've been doing for 25 years. <laughs> it We're was just putting words a, to it now, putting language to it now, right? It was such so. a validation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I live in Arizona and I'm, I'm building my Kajabi, um, hallelujah for Kajabi. I love them so much. <laughs> so I'm building out my classrooms and workshops and I'm uh, creating digitally the things that I want to teach so that it doesn't place the physical demand on me while I wrap up these last stages of my own personal recovery. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. You know, yeah. I don't share about this a lot, but um, my degree actually from the university of Georgia was in therapeutic recreation and, oh. and using adventure and art yeah. and creativity as a process to help people recover primarily kids. Right. Uh, I did an internship in that. That's kind of the, what led me into youth ministry initially and then into leading worship and all that. But wow. I've always, I think intuitively been such a huge believer in the pro in the, the power of art. And now obviously the power of God through the creative expression to heal our hearts. And yes. I think it's just, so that's so neat that we're sharing that, that part of the journey. So exactly. <laughs> now kind of your story, um, you know, as I've read over kind of a little synopsis that you sent over and have, have gotten to, hear a little bit of your story over these last months. Um, so much of it reminded me of my story and of other stories of people that, you know, God's got an incredible plan for this person's life. And yet at the same time, the enemy has a plan to destroy and, yes. to, and to take you out and that sort of thing. And um, from a very young age, that was a real struggle for you. That it seems like the enemy was just after you from, from right. every, uh, from every angle. Talk about, some of that and uh, just kind of walk us through your story a little bit, because it's really incredible after hearing that, that you are even sitting here today yes. and as alive and full of the Holy spirit and, and, and creative expression that you are. So <laughs> roll back the tape a little bit and, and let everybody know kind of where you've come from. Okay. Um, yeah, it started very early. Somewhere between four and five, my father left. That's my earliest memory of my dad driving off down the road. It was, again, out in the country, you know, kicking up rocks and stone in the dust. It was, wasn't paved roads and all that. Yeah. Leaving with another family, separating from my family. And I'm, my first memory is running down the road, screaming, I want my dad. I want my dad. So mm. obviously, I don't remember it, but I obviously had a bond with him. 
because I knew he was leaving and I recognized that. And I remember falling to my knees. I ran to the backyard and I fell into my knees in the backyard under this great big tree, just sobbing. Wow. And then it was at that point that the person moved in who became the uh, molester of my lifetime, my, from the time somewhere between four and five until sometimes I say 14, sometimes I say 17. Yeah. And that's a, that's a result of the dissociation. Um, I, I, I split over the years because it was, if he wasn't there, if the, the pedophile wasn't there daily, the threat of him was there. Mm. So I just lived in a constant state of terror. And um, then as life continued, you know, being raised by a single parent, this is back in the fifties and in the country and living on low income, I was that kid, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, I was a pretty smart kid and I did well, I, you know, I did pretty good in school. So, you know, the lack of the nice clothes and, you know, free lunches and all that, there was all that shame and stigma, the bullying, the bullying was horrendous. That's why that issue is so important to me today. Yeah. <laughs> I know the impact of that. And as I've looked back over all those years, I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm astounded that I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. I went through those early years of all of the abuse and all of the lies and rejection and abandon was planted in me. So then when I married at 18, almost 19, then I just went on and created. I was coming out of a mindset of no self-worth, no value, no under I knew how to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I won the Betty Crocker Award when I was a senior in high school. <laughs> I mean, I did the housekeeping and the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry. Yeah, yeah. I knew how to do those things, but I didn't know how to be a person. I so didn't did, know how to you live. Know, I remember my story when my, my dad left in uh, much a similar way and then came back. A lot of turmoil in our life yes. uh, in high school years and all that and sexual abuse from a, uh, from a family member and just all of that. I, we were in church during all this right. time, and so I had a really – kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it was fully dissociative, but kind of a, uh, you know, siloed approach, if you will, a compartmentalized yes. approach to life where I had my church life and my school life over here and then my family right. life over here. And I remember getting kind of like what you're saying to college and then even into married life. And you think, well, okay, all that was really horrible. I'm just going to stuff that down and kind of do the best I can. And right. you don't realize <laughs> that as you do that, all that stuff is festering inside is. and it's bleeding out into every relationship, every yes. bit of creative expression, every job, every interaction. And you kind of, for me, I was looking around going, what, what's the underlying issue here? You know, this right. general <laughs> right. frustration and right. you, can't, you don't even remember a lot of times all the stuff you went through, but they're just kind of this general unease. And that sounds like your same kind of story. If I'm, if yeah, I'm hearing exactly. You right. Exactly. So I was 38. I was same thing. I was in church all that time, 38 years in church. So I was 38 years old when I uh, was launched into, um, I moved south and I began to have uh, migraines, severe migraines. Um, I almost died a couple of times just from blood pressure being so high. Mm. And that was the beginning of the breakdown. That was the beginning of emerging personalities to use the psych terminology. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I began to have symptoms. And it just snowballed there. I spent weeks and months at a time in hospitals and trauma centers and crisis stabilization. 
um, many years that I don't know where I was or how I survived. I tried to commit suicide four different times. Well, wow. that first time was when Jesus showed up. It was uh, that, you know, we see all the videos of the person on the bridge. And that was my, my method of choice that first time. Wow. It was, it was midnight and just pitch black. It was just such a reflection of my life. It was all over the, uh, the um, I don't know what they call that. It's a spillway, I believe, over right. the river. Just that raging water. It was winter. It was dark. I was alone. And I was up on that rail. I, I just was done. I hurt so bad. I, I, knew, I got saved when I was eight. I grew up in church. I spent that much of my life teaching Sunday school and doing vacation Bible school and children's church and all those things that we do. What I realized now that was how I was expressing my passion and my love for God. Yeah. I was in such a state of frenzy during those years that I, that I truly didn't enjoy it. I did. I loved it, but I had not found the peace in it. I had yeah, not found sure. God in what I was doing. And so, um, I just remember vividly, it was just so black and it was that shroud of death around me mm. and I was ready to surrender to it. And I just remember the, the lifting of my head. I just, this very gentle, I just looked up. I just raised my eyes just a little bit and just a sliver, a separation in the clouds. And I saw Jesus. Wow. His face. But I saw his robe and his sash. Remember vividly putting my foot back down on the ground and turning around and walking back. I don't know where. I know now that I ended up back somewhere in another hospital. Wow. But um, that was the journey because he kept taking me back to the places where people were talking to me and teaching me and asking me questions. He says, come reason with me. <laughs> <laughs> talk with me and I couldn't I was so shut down I had not been allowed to speak not I couldn't say what was happening to me so what broke that for me <laughs> I, 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 it was in that time period I was walking I uh, I lost my my home because I couldn't maintain employment I was too sick and I was walking the streets in the south I was walking across another bridge it was blistering hot summer weather and I remember falling to my knees, sobbing and screaming, dropped my first and only F-bomb on God. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped plenty of them after that, not to, or at, or to him, it, uh, about. I dropped lots of F-bombs about what was going on. Right. But that first time when I, when I screamed that to him and I fell to my knees, I remember the blisters on my knees and my hands. And I, and I sat sobbing. I'd been in church my whole life. And it's like, how does this happen? How did you not rescue me? How did you not show up? Right. Why did you and let I, this happen? Right. Yeah. And I remember just feeling him sit down. He was sitting behind me, just leaned up against me, just gentle and quiet. And, and I didn't hear audible words. I just felt the impression of it was this relief. And it was finally... It's like, now we can talk. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Just that release of that anger and that first particle of truth to God about how I felt so betrayed and abandoned by him. Mm. And that's where the healing began. So this last 25 years has been just that. It's been the healing process of 
my relationship with him, learning to relate to him. I'm not a fatherless child. Yeah. I grew up in, in dire circumstances, but God was with me every step of the way. Wow. And he has healed my relationship with him. I completely, he's asking me to do take some big steps into the future. And it, <laughs> I'm, I'm an administrator. Um, I, did, I worked at um, a, a big insurance company for a long time. I, I was a commercial property raider moving into underwriting. I've done business management, um, inventory. I love detail. I love alpha color coding, sorting, sifting. And so <laughs> <laughs> that's the dissociation that the, the injury during that time is where all the chaos came from. Mm. But now Papa is showing me and stepping me into the power of the gift of administration and hospitality that he's given me. Wow. I recognize resources and disbursement and troubleshooting and looking at processes and defining processes. That's why I see the church and all the denominations. It, we, the church has DID. We split, <laughs> we personalities, you know? We're, one says this and one says that, but we're all one body. And if one of us, if that one part of me had successfully committed suicide, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And so yeah. we need to understand the importance and the value of every part of the body, but we need to recognize that we are not alone and right. what you do in your little circle matters to the rest of us. Absolutely. And so we have to be we have to become more united in our efforts. We have to integrate our efforts so that we can become I see Papa redeeming fatherhood and motherhood. People have not been fathered well or mothered well. And I keep hearing the term these old white men, you know, that are men who are trying to lead in politics and, and white privilege. And I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm a white girl and I did not grow up in privilege. <laughs> I know something about problem solving and I intend to step into problem solving. Yeah. That's why I went through what I went through. I did not die. I will not die. I will live and declare the works of the Lord. And That's I get incredible. to speak about him the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I have not yet really been able to tap into and explore my artistic abilities. I have been in such a, a fast pace of um, just surviving. Yeah. But now in February, I signed my renewal lease. I'm two and a half years into my apartment here. After all of this experience, I have been gifted. I have beautiful furniture. <laughs> Papa sent me. A, he, oh my gosh! <laughs> Talk a little bit about this process because I, you know, I look back at as in my own journey. I see other people's journey. Yours. There's there are moments I think in what many would call a recovery journey where uh -huh. there's a marked moment, like that yeah. moment with you on the bridge where Jesus meets you. And, but it doesn't mean that from that moment on, everything was rosy. Right. There's still then the, There's still walk, process. <laughs> the walking out, right, of, of, yes. the, of the process. And so what are some of the key things that you've learned along the way? Because I know that, you know, even if somebody's not been through a sexual abuse situation or dealt with homelessness or, or mental illness or whatever it might be, we're all still in this thing of journeying with the yes. Lord and trying to right. to a place of wholeness with him. What are some of the key lessons you think that the Lord's really zeroed in into your heart through this process that, that others might, you know, take solace in as they're listening to the podcast? Sure. sure. 
layer by layer, uh, one little by little, lest the beasts of the field devour you. It's step by step. Yeah. You can't heal from that kind of injury overnight. It didn't happen overnight. It doesn't heal overnight. Mm. But it is a process, and the Lord has shown me that he has been with me through every step. And the value of the voices of other people and the value of our voices as artists, because all I heard in childhood was that you don't matter. You don't oh. speak. There's, there, you, don't, you just don't matter. And what Papa has done over the last few years, he has sent me to, via the internet, I have listened to ministers and preachers and I began to hear the truth. I began to learn about my identity and to recognize, um, I, I've, heard, I've heard good, bad, and ugly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with the DID. Every, you know, I'm, I've been labeled demonic and uh, people can't step into my situation because it's been extreme. Right. Emotions are extreme and it's, it's terrifying. I remember the first time I saw someone with DID coming out of church and to, the, and to sing to that world, I was terrified. Which and for so those had, who may not know what DID is, just give a little synopsis sure. of what that diagnosis is. Um, it's dissociative identity disorder. It's what they once called multiple personality disorder. It's just a fragmentation. It's a, uh, you can only handle so much at a time. It stems from, from uh, chronic childhood trauma. Mm. And so it's just like the, you know, the PTSD comes from that. When the guys go to war, you can imagine the, the battle scene that just bomb after bomb. Yeah. And they come home and then they have to, you know, they didn't get a chance to process the loss of their their buddies in that moment so they have to bring that back home with them and then they deal with it when they get back home so it's the same thing coming out of childhood it's just that chronic uh, assault after assault so yeah. you could only process so much at a time yeah. but the beauty of it is is the voices of the body of christ began to the frequency of <laughs> love i began to recognize what I heard wasn't truth. You know, I, we, churches can be a very toxic environment and a lot of people are suffering injury from that. And that's the enemy. He's so subtle. Absolutely. He likes to work the arts. He likes to be subtle and put, you know, put taint the voices by, you know, connecting uh, injury to God. And that's just not the truth. And God that's has not. been sifting and sorting and separating in my life. Mm. It has been ministries that, as they teach about our identity and who we are in Christ. And I, and I recognize that indignation that has always risen up in me. I'm a fighter. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I didn't recognize that I was, I thought I was just surviving. And you know, you get the, the condemnation from so many people because of your behavior. It's pretty erratic, <laughs> but God says, no, I remember the first time he asked me, I was apologizing and I was, I'm so sorry. I'm so angry. And he, and he asked me, he said, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Yeah. Looking at these circumstances, why wouldn't you be? And it was, it, I just caught me off guard. And so it went from there. It's and so good to I, realize though, I think for all of us in our, in our walk with the Lord, that when you can understand that there's nothing that you can bring before him, that's going to make him nervous Yes. <laughs> love you any less. Right. Or, you know, and he's just, and he already knows all the stuff we're dealing with, but it's like, there's something exactly. powerful about us bringing that before him and laying it 
and, and before yes. and, and giving it up because we like to hold on to that stuff. You right. Know? I think that's right. the beautiful thing about your story is that amid so much that you have every right to be angry about and hurt and wounded about, and nobody would blame you for any of that. And yet you're turning around every moment and throwing that before the feet of Jesus saying, I want to be healed. I want to be free of this. And not only that, but I want to use, I want you to use the situation I've walked through to bring yes. healing to others. Talk about the, the project that you're, that God's put on your heart and, and what you're doing kind of out of this journey um, to bring healing to others. Cause that's so exciting. <laughs> it is last night as I was uh, getting ready for this morning, I was just going over my webpage and fine, fine tooth, you know, details. And I, I, I had not posted. I don't feel like I hadn't put a product up really that I felt comfortable that was ready to release. I just recently learned about the homeless uh, liaisons in our school districts. And so that one has been the open door for me. It's like, yes, wow. that makes, that was what I had no idea that role existed in our school districts. And as I was working through, okay, I need, they're going to be asking, he's going to, he says, where do people contact you and get equipped? <laughs> I got to have something there. <laughs> and I was in tears and it was just breaking the last of that um that devaluation is like no it what papa has birthed in me is important and he's been weaving together the scripture the preparation of the gospel of peace yeah we often say the gospel of peace but it's that preparation it's these journeys of our life these years of suffering i'm full circle now mm. i grew up in poverty i'm not an orphan anymore i and i recognized as i healed we have what's called peer support groups yeah peers change as you heal and my peers are now executives and people like you I, <laughs> I, have, I have great work skills and I can bring this to the table through the and but I know all the way to the bottom I know the homeless the needs of the homeless from a different yeah. perspective and I he has given me the ability to come now to the table and say okay you guys you're doing this, this, and this, but you haven't considered this, this, and this. <laughs> so as days are unfolding, I'll be working with our with vocational. And right now my training is my online classrooms and just teaching the workshops and things that I have learned, but it is to become a, a prototype, a national right. prototype. We are building the buildings where the first one we will we will work together with uh, connecting community and the body of Christ so that people know if when you you know all those books where it's they uh so and so begat 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. that's accounting that's paying attention that's knowing <laughs> that's royal tree farms that's the that's the family of god he knows who you are where you are uh you said something i think it was i i, I heard you say something about um somebody being out in the middle of nowhere uh but living in the desert in phoenix you know when you go look for a parking space out in this massive parking lot you look for that one little tree that's out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> the, faith, the relief the comfort that that one little tree brings to passers-by and to see the body of christ like that we're all planted here and there and you may feel like you're isolated and alone but god has a purpose in everything and all of our suffering he is preparing but the other side of that is he is father he That's knows right. where you are, and we're supposed to be a body and united, and we're supposed to be uh, plumbed and wired and connected together so that everyone's needs are met. 
Now, as you're stepping out in this, how are you seeing your own art practice and desire to create art and then also using art in this process of healing for others? How are you seeing that begin to take shape? It's digital workshops. One of my classes is um, Tougher Than Our Aces. It's uh, the book. It's the six-step process that Papa showed me. Um, the diagnosis, the uh, or symptoms, the um, it starts, it's six steps. It starts with your circumstances, then your symptoms, then your diagnosis, treatment plan, the recovery process, and then uh, transcendence. So I, I created a lap book that shows those steps. And then, um, so teaching in the workshops and teaching in schools and just affirming to also in mental health um, care facilities and via the internet just speaking to people is like no you're not crazy That's you're right. in a process you That's don't right. recognize you're in a process and that there is an expected end there is a destination and it's a good one that's right <laughs> you know, that's, that's so good i think for for all of us that no matter what you're going through your destiny is not what has happened to you or even where you exactly. are now right you know, but it's god's word that defines us. it's his promises over our life that determine what our future will be and our yes. Our job in that is only to say yes. And I think I think back to what you said earlier about standing on a bridge and only having enough strength just to look up, just barely. I mean, that's yeah. all the yes that the Lord is looking for. And Connie, <laughs> I, I know that because there are thousands and thousands of people that listen to this podcast every week, I know that there are those that are in the same situation right now of, of feeling desperate and feeling yes. like, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't, I don't know that I have a yes. I don't know that I can go on with life. Like I've, I've been doing, I'm a creative. I know that God's got something on my life, but I just can't see the end of the tunnel. What would you say to encourage them today on their journey? Mm. <laughs> Papa has heard your prayer. Mm. Sat in a parking lot one day and didn't want to get shipped off back to the hospital. So I picked up my cell phone. And so I was fighting with somebody on my phone <laughs> and I was fighting with God and he heard me. It took a long time to get the solutions that I prayed for that day. I am living in those solutions today. And I just want to say to anyone who is hurting like that, Papa has been on the phone. He's been listening. And now his body of his body in the earth is becoming a better, faster, swifter relay station. Yeah. We are understanding the importance of our call. We are understanding that we are comforters, that we are ambassadors, that we are here to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what Cataluma is to become. Yeah. So that you have a place to belong. It's so that you have that place to come and someone can be the tangible, physical hands and feet of Jesus in your life. You can log in, you can say, I have some missing pieces. Yeah. And I don't have brothers and sisters. I don't have family. And we get to step up. We get to say we are the family of God and we love you. We will adopt you. That's right. We will make room for you. That's right. I love that about, you know, it's funny. People talk about online versus in person and that sort of thing. And, you know, when I started the mentoring program several years ago, honestly, I was like, will this really work? I mean, like, will people really connect? Right. And <laughs> You know, that wasn't kind of my natural go-to, you know, method. Right. 
<laughs> and man, I tell you what, I mean, just to see the level of, like you're saying, the level of healing and interaction that begins to happen with people who are in Australia and Europe and Canada and America and all that. And then maybe they come to one of my conferences one day or whatever, and they see each other or they're on a Skype call together. It's like God is using technology yes. in such Experience. an incredible way <laughs> to bind us together in community. And I'm so glad that he's given you um, that vision as well, Connie. Yes. Tell everybody where they can, where the best place is to connect with you and that sort of thing, if they want to continue to follow your journey and, and all that you're up to with the Lord. All right. Thank you. It's the CatalumaAdventure.com is the website. Um, awesome. It's the same thing on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the two places that I'm most active. Great. And, uh, yeah. Well, good yeah. stuff. Well, Connie, thank you so much for being <laughs> on the podcast today. I, I appreciate, appreciate you sharing your story. And I know others are going to be so encouraged by hearing what God's up to in your life. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.